comes to approaching the Word of God, our Bibles, what is the main purpose? What's, what's the end result? What intent and posture do we go into it with? What are we seeking? Sometimes we study the scriptures to gather information to form a framework of how to understand it. And that's a great thing. We need, we need a lot of that. Then there's what's called kind of contemplative prayer. This is when we are prayerfully reading through it, listening to the Holy Spirit guide us, and point out personal revelation. You might be saying, revelation of what? Well, it's more about a revelation of who, a revealing of the divine counsel that the who is giving us. Over time, what I've realized is that the Old Testament isn't just a moral handbook. It's a storyline that completely points to Jesus, all of it, not just a prophecy here and there. The Hebrew Bible, or Tanakh, would have been the Bible Jesus had. And I can picture Jesus reading and studying the script about himself. And as I read the Bible, I try to look through his point of view in his culture, not ours. And I have to put myself in line with his mind and look outside what I would normally think. And in doing this, we begin to see how that story was told and unfolds. And why Jesus said the things he said in clarity on how it fits in the storyline of the Bible, not mine. Jesus was a human just like us, yet he was the son of God in the flesh. He had to learn the same ways that we do, yet he learned it and applied it perfectly. And he didn't automatically know everything, only what the father revealed to him as he grew from an infant to an adult. Yet without sin, he understood the scriptures completely and accomplished all of it perfectly as the father willed him to obey. And in Matthew chapters 1 through 4, we see the story of his birth, his baptism, and passing the temptation from Satan through the wilderness, then the announcing the good news of the kingdom as he healed. Chapters 5 through 7, we see the teachings of the kingdom, then to bookend the teachings, more bringing in of the kingdom by signs and wonders. Chapter 10, he, he begins to send out his disciples to do the same things but only to the people of Israel, not to the Gentiles, because it had to start with the lost sheep of Israel first. Matthew 11 leads us to an abrupt conflict, a series of negative responses from Israel's leaders. Even his followers and cousin John are puzzled with mixed responses. Right in the middle of the mixed responses that are mostly negative and rejection of him, we get a window into Jesus' prayer life on any given day. This is where we will focus in today, Matthew eleven twenty five through 30. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think they are wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleases you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father. And no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So in the middle of this situation of being rejected and mostly negative responses, he just starts praying in third person to the Father and talking to an unmarked audience as if Jesus is responding to the situation, but also talking to his disciples in some way. And the ones who just rejected him, questioned him, and tried to humiliate him in public, he calls them the wise and intelligent that God has hidden from the truth. What do we do with this? Well, it tells us that God loves to upset the normal power structures and to elevate the people that are insignificant. Furthermore, keep the people who think they are significant in the dark. Yet he calls the childlike, the ones that are like babies in his eyes. They are like a little ragtag group of kids going around proclaiming God's kingdom is here as they feed people and heal them with Jesus. Like children, they really believe God's kingdom has shown up. While the political leader's response is, who do they think they are? Verse 26, Jesus is saying the exact opposite. Father, you love to reveal yourself to the children, to turn upside down the ways of humans. No one even knows the heart of the Father, except how I am opening up a way to the Father, uniquely revealed through me. It may sound a bit narcissistic to an outsider, but if the outsider understood the benefits for them, if they believed, they would see why it's not. The claims that Jesus is making about himself in this text are that he is not only the Messiah, king that is sent from God, he is also the Son of Man, and he is the Lord of the Sabbath, all of which are themes of the Hebrew Bible that he is making about himself. This is why the leaders are fuming and raging inside. And we briefly covered Jesus as the King and Son of Man, and for the sake of time, next week, let's cover the Lord of the Sabbath and yoking with him, the last part of Matthew eleven, twenty-eight through 30 and see how it ties in. But today, let's continue to soak in the fact that it's okay to be insignificant, like little children. This is who he loves to reveal himself to. And let's rest in the revelation that we don't have to be a king or the son of man. He is. And he wants to use us like a little ragtag team of children going around proclaiming that he's arrived. Thank you, Father, for the perfect example and fulfillment of the scriptures that reveal to us the person of Jesus. Thank you for looking after and wanting the insignificant as your possessions. And thank you for using us and giving us value. May we do well in proclaiming you to the world. In Jesus' name, amen.